Hello and welcome everyone to the Almost Awesome Podcast. I am your host, Tanner Rain, and today we are going to be talking about the new movie, Venom. Uh, the start of what Sony hopes to be their own cinematic universe to compete with Marvel and DC, but let's be honest, they're competing with Marvel. And first I'm going to give some general thoughts on the movie, and then we'll get into some specifics. And then we'll talk about, we'll really deconstruct and discuss what didn't work for this movie and what did work. But there was a lot that didn't work. So, uh, overall, I saw this movie over the weekend. I actually saw it opening night on Thursday. And so I know it's been almost a week since the movie came out, so it's a little late. But I really had to think about this movie and first impressions overall I didn't like it and and it was kind of underwhelming and a little bit disappointing but it wasn't one of those movies that made me angry or anything because uh, I'm not a huge Venom fan um, but a little bit of context so Venom is a character that was created for Marvel Comics, and he was a villain for the superhero Spider-Man, who I am a huge fan of. Love Spider-Man. Now, I've never really read uh, some of the comics with Venom in particular. Some of the later stuff uh, with Venom, like more in recent years, like maybe in the last ten years. Um, but Venom is an interesting character, first off, because... When we talk about Venom, what we're talking about is, specifically for his character, um, his character, the main character's name is Eddie Brock. Uh, that is who's famously used what is known as the symbiote suit, which gives Eddie Brock his powers and gives him his grotesque, monstrous appearance. But the origin of Venom is kind of interesting, because... Back in back in the early days of comics, like maybe around like the seventies or something like that, Venom started off as just a black suit that Spider-Man started wearing during a storyline called Secret Wars. And I won't get into all of that, but the costume essentially, because it's not originally a, a suit that Spider-Man wore. I, what I mean is, it isn't a design. That was specifically for Spider-Man. It was actually based off of... This is in continuity. During the Secret Wars storyline, Spider-Man's suit gets damaged, and he doesn't have a suit, and then he finds, like, this black, like, kind of weird material that he uses as a suit, but then he realizes that he can change his appearance with the suit, and he actually makes himself look a lot more like Spider-Woman, um, who was already an established character, and it was really her look that was what inspired the Venom symbiote, the black suit with the white um, spider symbol on it. But that originally came from the character Spider-Woman, and Peter Parker actually liked that suit so much, he just made his suit look like that. And for the longest time, that was Spider-Man's new look. Uh, now, eventually, 
either due to fan outrage over the changing of Spider-Man's look or wanting to go in a different direction. They decided to um, get rid of that costume, but they did it in a very interesting way because they found out that the suit was actually this alien symbiote that had bonded to Peter Parker and was actually taking him over. So with the help of the Fantastic Four, he was able to remove the symbiotes from his body, and the symbiote just kind of disappeared after that. And then, sometime later, we were introduced to the character of Venom, who is the character of Eddie Brock, and Eddie Brock was uh, co-created by Todd McFarlane, and Todd McFarlane is famous for creating Spawn, and, and I like Todd McFarlane a lot, and I might talk about that uh, a little bit later. But around Spider-Man's 300th issue, Venom was introduced as the new host of the Venom symbiote, that being Eddie Brock. And Eddie Brock is introduced as a, a photographer for the Daily Bugle, which is the same uh, company and profession that Peter Parker has. But Eddie Brock loses his job, and he blames Spider-Man and Peter Parker for it. He loses his girlfriend, uh, who he was about to marry. And so he has this general hatred for him. And the symbiote hates Spider-Man for rejecting him. So when they bond together, they become a force of hatred that only exists to kill Spider-Man and Peter Parker. So it's very interesting, and Venom becomes this monstrosity that Peter Parker has to fight from time to time. And then in later years, Venom became something more of an anti-hero or a reluctant ally of Spider-Man. And, and they actually do, in recent years, uh, stuff having to relate to Venom has actually been pretty interesting. And I might talk about that later, but right now we are going to talk about this, uh, this movie. So why am I bringing up all this origin stuff for Venom? Well, it's interesting because they have, they decided to completely ignore those origins for the character, which have become a staple of the character of Venom, that he's related to Spider-Man in such an interesting way. And he's an interesting nemesis to Spider-Man. But they decided to completely ignore ignore that origin to make him his own standalone character uh, in an attempt for Sony to have their own solo superhero franchise. Now they're doing this because Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man and many of the characters in Spider-Man comics, even though Spider-Man is a Marvel character. Every Spider-Man movie that you have seen has been produced by Sony, not Marvel. That was because back in the early days, like in the 90s, Marvel sold the film rights to a lot of their most popular superheroes, that being Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. And now uh, Marvel is in the process of acquiring Fox, so they might get the X-Men and Fantastic Four back. And also, Sony and Marvel have come together to allow Spider-Man to be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with films like 
Captain America's Civil War, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Avengers Infinity War. Bringing Spider-Man with characters like Captain America, Iron Man, being part of this larger universe. So, kind of like two divorced parents sharing custody of one child. They're coming together in this nice way where Spider-Man gets to be part of these stories and Sony gets most of the profits. But this movie, they have decided to completely ignore the relationship of Venom. And this sort of created a problem. This created an identity problem for this movie, which I think is the crux of the problem that this movie had. It didn't quite know what it was without Spider-Man. So, overall, that's what I think the problem was. An identity issue where they didn't quite know what this character was without Spider-Man. So, let's get into some details about this movie. And I'm going to try and go over this really quick. I've got some notes. I'm going to try and make it not as long as my uh, Spider-Man PS4 review. So, let's get to it. So this movie opens up with, you know, they're in space. Uh, you see a spacecraft. It's being destroyed. You kind of guess that, oh, there are there's something on the spacecraft. Then there's this organization called the Life Foundation, which when you hear it is like, oh, that's, that's an evil corporation. No one just calls themselves the Life Foundation. And it's like, okay, you're a little evil, okay? Um... But it's run by this eye-rollingly one-note villain named Carlton Drake, uh, who's he has no character other than I'm a businessman. I'm doing what's best for humanity. I'm lifting humanity up because I'm so in love with myself. Like he's he's every B movie villain we've ever met. So there's really nothing interesting about this guy. But there's a spaceship coming back to Earth, so already there's space travel and whatever. They found samples on a meteor that had these alien symbiotes, and wouldn't you guess, symbiotes break out, they infect one of the astronauts, and in the movie, this astronaut is actually named Jameson, and this was a big comic book uh, nerd reference for me, because knowing the origin of Spider-Man and knowing, like, the character of Venom, I know that Jameson, that is the son of J. Jonah Jameson, who is famously Peter Parker's boss at the Daily Bugle. And J. Jonah Jameson is an astronaut and is sometimes depicted as the one who got the symbiote suit to Earth. So I got that reference, and he died. So... That's just who, that's just, that was just a weird thing where it was like that was a reference to the character's origin and yet we don't want to do anything involving Spider-Man. So J. Jonah Jameson included. So again, that's weird. They don't want to tie it to characters they already own, including Spider-Man. So already they're doing what they can to distance themselves from Spider-Man. So I know that's a weird reference to latch onto, but that's what's important. So 
Alien breaks out, takes over, infects this astronauts. He gets picked up by paramedics. Uh, he attacks one of the paramedics, and the symbiote is actually transferred to another person. So it's this kind of weird body snatchers uh, kind of scene. Now, it's not a bad scene because this is one of the things that the movie actually does well where this is an example of the movie showing, not telling. And what I mean by that is that they show their... We are shown this extraordinary circumstance, a spaceship coming to Earth. There's something destroying them, uh, destroying the astronauts, crashes to Earth. We see that there's something weird going on visually with the pilots or with the astronauts. And then we see when he attacks people, it kind of transfers from person to person. And they don't rely on exposition to tell us that. So later, when we see the person who was one of the paramedics who was infected go to a market, they start eating like live things and it's really weird. And then they attack people who try to stop them using their symbiote powers. So, and then they transfer to another person. So, as an audience, we understand, oh, okay, this is some weird creature. This is how, this is what it feeds on. And this is how it transfers from person to person. And it can create, like, weird weapons and spikes and tendrils. Like, weird, stretchy substances. So that's what I mean by good storytelling. Um, now... That's one of the only good things I have to say about their, th th this movie. It's very few and far between. Um, and I'm going to put spoilers in the annotations of the this video. So sorry if I'm getting into it. But this is literally the first ten minutes that I've just described. And I'm not going to go beat by beat. I just wanted to just mention that uh, really quick. Now, the other weird thing about this movie, one of the bad things is that it's introduction of the character of Eddie Brock. Now, famously, Eddie Brock is either a journalist or a photographer, works for the Daily Bugle. Like I said, it's the same place Spider-Man works at, um, who loses his job and loses his fiance over some of his choices, but he blames other people for it. So that is universally what the character of Eddie Brock is. But when we're introduced to him, He's sitting in bed. Um, he's sitting in bed. His girlfriend comes in, gives him a cup of coffee in their really bland apartments. Uh, doesn't have any Ikea furniture, which I count as a sin. Uh, <laughs> um, I work at Ikea. But uh, it, it's, it's a weird introduction to the hero of our film who's in bed with his girlfriend getting a cup of not even with his girlfriend he's just in bed saying it's like oh man i love you i'm gonna go to work okay fine they're having like kind of cute banter between one another but there isn't a lot of chemistry between these two actors and these performances and that all of a sudden suffers but they're saying but they're using this time to establish like he's in a loving relationship with someone and then he goes to his the new or the news company he works at, and 
Like, he parks his motorcycle in a weird place. Guard's like, Eddie, you can't park there. And he's like, uh, how's the kids? Like, I told you they'd get into that weird school. It's like, yeah, wait, Eddie, you can't park there. It's like, yeah, that's right. And the guard has this weird moment of being like, oh, oh Eddie. He doesn't say that, but it's said uh, in subtext. But it's kind of this thing where it's like he's... They introduce him as this, like, oh, he's kind of kooky, has disregard for rules, but he's, a, he's kind of a bad boy. His boss tells him that, you know, you're one of the best reporters out there, uh, and I need you to co cover this guy named Carlton Drake. Oh, but Carlton Drake's a bad guy. It's like, I don't care, do a fluff piece on him. And, lo and behold, he doesn't want to do that. And he... He does something very unjournalistic where he steals a source. His girlfriend's a lawyer that works for, that's representing the bad guy's company. And he reads over one of her emails after just sitting at her computer, just looking at the screen of photos of them, just being like, uh, uh, I'm just going to read through her emails. And then he sees the email. And then it mentions like people who have died during ex experimentations. So he uses this information to kind of ambush Carlton Drake during an interview. Uh, but he refuses to name his source, which is like, well, wouldn't you think about that? If you're such a good reporter, why wouldn't you corroborate a source? And he loses his job, and kind of rightfully so. He uh, makes a mistake. His girlfriend finds out what he did. She gets fired because of the leak of the information. And he gets fired. Uh, and then they she breaks up with him. Uh, she throws away the engagement ring. They were engaged to be married. Whatever. So he messes up. And it's not like the movie doesn't pretend, pretends like that isn't a bad thing. It is a bad thing. He totally messes up. And then it just cuts to six months later. And the bad guys are experimenting on more of these symbiotes and things like that. But what was weird was that first introduction just shows us, like, Eddie, you're a great guy. We all like you. You make one mistake, your life is fucked. Sorry, I'm just... It, it's such a weird transition. And the other weird thing about this, the first 15 minutes of this movie, is that there's this weird montage of news clips of Eddie Brock's show where he's interviewing people. They uh, establish that he's a, a hard-edge journalist who gets the facts. He doesn't like the corporate overlords and stuff like that. He's, he's very much about exposing corruption, things like that. Um, and it just comes out of nowhere. There's no setup for this montage. It happens... Right after he wakes up in bed with his girlfriend, again, she's not in bed, she's fully dressed and ready to go, to when he meets the doorman that I mentioned. Like, no prompt whatsoever. And then he does all this stuff, and none of this, all of this is just kind of filler, and it's kind of slowing us down from what we came to see, and that's... Venom. We came to see a big monster dude fighting bad guys. So, no action sequences whatsoever. And... Now, something I think this movie could have done, and I don't want to 
how they should have filmed it. But they could have totally cut out, like, the first ten minutes of this film of establishing Eddie's character, like, he's in a loving relationship, he's the best at his job, and they could have actually kept this weird montage at the beginning as the introduction to his character. And then, when the movie cuts to six months later, they show Eddie in a bar, he's down on his luck, he can't get a job, he's broken up with his girlfriend, so we could have used this montage as kind of like a way to introduce the character and be like, oh, he's a reporter, this is what he does. And then it could have just cut to showing that they were showing this montage on a TV or something. They could have zoomed out, and then it's just Eddie Brock at the bar just going like, hey, can you turn that off? And you see, oh, oh he's, he's not like that anymore. Okay. And then we meet him while he's down on his luck. And I think that would have served a better purpose to tell us, like, who this character is. Because then we start seeing him being nice to uh, this homeless lady who um, takes a bunch of the free newspapers from a newspaper stand, uh, saves it for Eddie, tries to get her get him to pay $5, and it's like, what? $5 for a free newspaper? And it's like, oh, what if I sing for you? It's like... Here, how about if I give you $20 and you don't sing? And it's not a condescending way. He's being he's being playful and friendly, and he's just helping out a homeless woman. Um, and it's just showing that he, even though he's down on his luck, he's still nice to a few people. Uh, he doesn't see himself as better than most people. And it, that does a good job of telling us that, oh, okay, I, I really actually like this guy. I actually want to see him where his story goes, I kind of want to see him succeed, and that's something this movie does good, it's like letting a, this is a character that we actually care about, um, so yeah, they could have cut out all this, like, weird filler, and then we could have just seen the relationship between him and his girlfriend, that's another thing, his girlfriend doesn't have much agency in this story, other than being worried for Eddie, but... That's not what we came to the movie to see. We came to see uh, Venom. And it takes 20 minutes. I think I wrote it down in, in the movie. Yeah, it takes 20 minutes before he's bonded to the symbiotes. Um, one of the scientists from the Foundation gets in to try and, like, examine or, like, expose the truth of what's going on. I don't know. It didn't matter. I didn't know, but it's so not important to the plot. They use Jenny Slate, who is actually a really funny actress, and they use her as just this exposition dump to give to Eddie, and then they just kill her off just very suddenly, and no one cares about it. So her character's only purpose was for exposition, and that's it. That's kind of a waste of a good actress's talents. But anyway, and also her name was Dr. Skirts. I kept hearing her name in the movie and being like, I wanted to turn to people. It's like, are they saying her name is Dr. Skirts? That's what it sounded like to me in the movie. I don't want to know her as anything else. But yeah, it that's just a weird exposition dump. And it also goes in, it also gives one of the most cringy lines where she's explaining the symbiote aliens, and Eddie Brock, or Tom Hardy, I should say, has this weird line, it's like, 
whoa, aliens? Like, oh, E.T., phone home. He does that weird impression of E.T., and it's just one little detail, but it shows that the existence of aliens is something to scoff at. But already that just shows, okay, this isn't part of the Marvel Universe, which famously deals with aliens. So already they it's one small detail, but they've shown that they don't care about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They This is their own thing. So they really don't care about connecting this to Spider-Man at all. They just want it all for themselves. Which on the one hand, I get that for a business, but... You know. But anyway. Soon after, Eddie Brock gets the Venom suit after many circumstances. And then we're treated to a weird action sequence where he's kind of running away from the facility. He's showing off his new abilities. He's got, like, superhuman strength and speed, and he's running, and he's using all of that to try and get away. But at no point is he concerned about what is going on and he's just like oh, I'm just running away so I thought that's weird this is the he immediately gets the venom suit starts displaying superhuman traits and we're not given a moment to kind of catch our breath to find out what happened it, there isn't a moment where the hero is discovering his powers and then it cuts to Eddie Brock getting to his apartment, and that's when he starts acting weird. He starts eating a lot of stuff. He can't quite satisfy a hunger, which they establish like he needs to devour like live things in order to survive with the symbiote bonded to him. Um, but when he gets to his apartment, that's when he starts asking like, "Wait, what is going on?" Like he completely ignores like the weird chasing that happens, and it feels like that. Chasing was a sec was a last minute addition where it's like, oh, this movie has gone on way too long without an action scene. We gotta have an action scene right now. But that's how, yeah, that's how it goes forward. And and this is actually where the movie gets interesting because then Eddie starts to discover like, oh, he's got a symbiote. Venom starts talking to him. They start having some fun banter, and that's actually one, one of the good things about this film is the bromance between Venom and Eddie Brock, who are both played by Tom Hardy. But Venom is more of a CGI sidekick, um, and the CGI is really bad. It was really distracting when Venom would materialize out of Eddie and he would face him face to face. Like when you see the Venom head next to Tom Hardy's head, the uncanny valley is extremely apparent and was really distracting. So that's where some practical effects could have come into play. Um, but I actually did like how for the rest of the film, it, it doesn't match this weird chase scene that I mentioned because the powers are shown through his Eddie Brock or Venom is in control of the tendrils and is acting independently from Eddie and is helping him escape from different circumstances, fight bad guys while trying to uh, 
the Venom suit wants to get back into space. That's his main motivation to come back and invade. And they, they established through exposition that you need a good host in order for both the symbiote and the human not to for them to survive. Otherwise, they both die. So, so that's that's some weak exposition that they give. But for the most part, I like how they introduce how the Venom suit like has to envelop him in order to give him his powers, as opposed to him already being super strong. Um, because when you have an actor like Tom Hardy, you don't want to cover up his face with CGI or makeup. People want... He probably has a contract where he has to show up more than Venom has to. But they do a good job of alternating between Tom Hardy and Venom. And when they actually do become one and become the classic Venom, it's actually quite entertaining. Uh, one of my favorite lines of the film, this is the only one that kind of made me laugh, was after Eddie Brock fights off a bunch of guys with Venom's help. Um, Venom goes, um, what was it? I wrote it down. Oh, yeah, it's like, all right, now let's bite off their heads and put their bodies in a corner in a pile. And he goes, why would we do that? Because then we'd have two piles, one for heads and one for bodies. And it, it's such a goofy line that I was like, that's kind of funny. I do have to mention two things real quick. Um, there's a weird scene where a neighbor's being too loud. They establish that the symbiotes are weak against sound waves, and that can actually cause them to be separated from their hosts. Uh, but there's this weird scene kind of at the beginning of the movie where they establish that he has a loud neighbor with a really loud guitar. Um, and the first time Eddie hears it, he does. Tom Hardy does this weird, constipated, scrunched-up face look where he's just like, he's so mad. And so, and then after he gets the symbiote, he does the same thing, but now it causes Venom to come out and scare the guy. But it's just, I just saw that and was like weirded out by it. I was like, why would you, it, it's a weird character trait, and I don't know why he would do that before he had the Venom suit. I don't know. It was just weird enough for me to make note of it. Now, another thing. This was the grossest thing in the movie, but after he gets the Venom symbiote and he starts getting hungry, starts acting really weird, things like that, he goes to throw up in his toilet. And I remember sitting in the theater. I, I was sitting up in the front row, and it was kind of dark. The, the screen was kind of dark. And I think that's more of a fault of movie theaters today. Because some of the theaters around town here have been keeping their screens dark, and I don't know why. I don't know if anyone else has that problem. But Eddie goes to the throw up. It's kind of a close-up on him in the toilet, and I don't see any, like, thing coming out of him. They kind of keep it out of frame. But his toilet seat and everything around it looked so gross. It looked like a bathroom in a gas station that has not been attended to in two years. Like, it was so gross. I was like, oh my god, there are people getting their heads ripped off, and this is the grossest thing. I don't know if, from the way I saw it, that was supposed to be 
I don't know. It, it was just gross, and it took me out of the movie. Um, but to kind of wrap uh, some of this up, the main villain of this film is Riot, who was the alien symbiote who escaped captivity and started infecting people already. He infects the main villain, uh, Carlton Drake, just kind of easily. He doesn't really change, and they just become a generic villain. They want to go back up in the space. Venom was supposed to go with them, but when they go, they kind of just, after Venom and Brock get separated for a while, they get rebonded by his girlfriend, who takes over the Venom suit and becomes a weird female version of Venom that's weirdly sexualized, but whatever. But Venom decides, like, you know what? I actually don't want to destroy Earth. He, on my planet, I'm a bit of a loser. He actually says that. He says, I'm a bit of a loser on my planet, like you. And I was like, that's a goofy thing to say, but we don't show... They don't show us that. They don't show us any interactions between him and the Riot symbiote. And which, like, he... That symbiote calls himself Riot. And I'm like, you're an alien civilization and you call... You chose the name Riot, a human English word. I don't. It was just weird. I just thought it was dumb and distracting. But he decides not to invade Earth and actually wants to stay bonded to Eddie. And he even says, like, what really changed your mind? He's like, you changed my mind, Eddie. You. And it's like, whoa. Make out, guys, please. But they don't show us why Venom changes his mind. This is an example of them telling us, not showing us. And remember how I gave an example of good storytelling with showing, not telling, with how the symbiote transfers from person to person so as an audience, we understand what's going on? They don't give us that with character motivations. So when Venom decides, like, eh, I'm just going to hang around with you... It's something I'd expect more to see in something like Deadpool rather than Venom. So it felt really out of place. And that's what I mean about this movie being disappointing, is that it's kind of lazily done. The dialogue is goofy. Character motivations are very weak. And they're just an excuse to have these either goofy or action moments. And that's the disappointing thing of this movie. Now, another thing I like is clear distinctions between the powers of Venom and Riot's. Venom is more stretchy-based, and Riot can create weapons out of himself. He's like a walking T-1000 from the Terminator franchise, which I don't know why I said walking. They can both walk, but whatever. But it, it, it's just kind of a lackluster finale... Uh, they rip each other apart. They absorb each other at some point, which I don't get how that works. Um, but movie ends. Uh, they kill Riot before he can launch off into space. Uh, and we see Venom sacrifice himself to save Eddie from the explosion, and we think Venom is destroyed. And it leads to Eddie Brock and his girlfriend kind of talking about the events. They shared a kiss at one point. Uh, but they're, but she's dating this doctor dude who was kind of telling Eddie what was going on with him, how the Venom symbiote was kind of eating him. 
uh, to sustain itself. Uh, and that led to their separation, but that's not important. Uh, it does lead to a funny realization where she, where she goes like, sorry about Venom. Are you going to be okay? And then you hear Venom's voice in Eddie's head, and he goes like, she has no idea we're going to get her back. And so that's when it's revealed like, oh, Venom is alive. They're still bonded, but he's keeping it a secret. And I thought that was a funny moment where it's like, I like how Venom cares about this relationship now. And it's just kind of bros with Eddie. Um, so he goes off and then Eddie gets down some ground rules. Like, hey, if we're going to eat people, if we're going to survive like this, it's like, it's like we only hurt bad people can only some, some maybe eat some of the really bad people. Um, and they're like, and he's like, fine. They go into the restaurant. And he's like, so, so, and he's like, tater tuckers, chuck, chucks. And it's like, okay. It's another joke. Someone robs a Korean, or a, sorry, a Chinese woman running a convenience shop. And he goes to save her, and they eat the guy. And it leads to some more funny dialogue where he kind of introduces himself. He has become Venom. Um, so that's how the movie ends. Uh, so while there was, like, funny, no, I shouldn't say funny, but goofy and, uh, cool action sequences, that isn't enough to sustain a film. And that's where it became very underwhelming and kind of a disappointing story. And I know a lot of people, uh, in defense of this movie will say that it was very visually good-looking. Like, visually, it was a good movie. My brother pointed out that that is... that people say that a lot for a movie that's really bad. There, And he says, there's really no excuse for a movie not to be visually entertaining in this day and age. So that alone is not a good quality of a movie. And I didn't even find it very visually entertaining. Like I said, when Venom and... Tom Hardy's heads are in the same shot. The Uncanny Valley, I'm not kidding, it looked really bad. Um, like, it looks very nice, and it looks cartoonish, but when you put it up against a real human head, it's like, oh, I can, I can just tell this is fake. And normally that doesn't bother me. Normally CGI and stuff like that doesn't bother me, but it really did really for this film. So, overall, I feel like there was a vision someone had for this film that someone just took and made a very by-the-numbers superhero film. Wanted to play it safe, had to check mark, or had to check all the boxes for an origin superhero film. So that's, this movie felt a very by committee movie rather than a director's single vision for this film. And I feel like there was things in there that could have been really good. They could have punched up the relationship with Eddie and his girlfriend. I don't even remember her name. But they could have given her more agency in the film to make us more care about their relationship. They could have made a more interesting villain. Um, because there's an overall theme of 
you know, humans are taking from the planet and not giving anything back. So very, so it has an environmental mess theme that it's trying to get across, um, and creating a parallel between that and the relationship between a symbiote and a host, mainly Eddie and the Venom suit. How it, if one destroys the other, the other can't sustain itself. And I think that's a good theme to have in this kind of movie. With symbiotes. But it doesn't take that theme far enough. And that's what I mean when this movie could have been more. And that's why it was disappointing. So, those are my thoughts on the Venom movie. Um, if I had to give it a rating, I would give it two Venom tongues out of five. I'm not really going to have a rating system. It's just, I just didn't like it too much. And now, I did go see this movie with a, uh, with a bunch of people in the theater. And they were very amused with what was going on. So it does appeal to... Um, some larger audiences, and that is evidence to its box office records. So financially it's doing well, but it's just getting panned by critics. But if you are looking for a more interesting superhero film, um, where the hero isn't exactly in control and is kind of fumbling around, but is still a good person... Um, if you're just looking for a different kind of superhero film, um, I would recommend this movie. But, like I said, it was disappointing for me, not just as a comic book fan, but also as a movie guy in general. But, you know, go see it for yourself. It's not an insultingly bad movie. So, that is where I'm going to end today's episode. Um... My next couple episodes are going to be less about reviews. Um, I'm going to be probably talking about some topics like microtransactions in video games today, my thoughts on them. Uh, I'm also going to have an episode soon where I'm going to talk about the worst comic book I have ever read. Um, and then we're going to be talking uh, some other topics uh, later on. Now, uh, if you have any comments or you want to give suggestions for episodes or uh, if you want to further discuss something you liked about this film or didn't like, feel free to comment on that. Give suggestions for other episodes, and I will take them into consideration. So thank you for tuning into my podcast, and I will see you next time.